Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. First, what I want to start off by saying is, Joseph, it is really lovely to be in the Zoom room with you again. Ah, yes, per it usual. feels like it's been a while. I am happy to see you and connect with you. How are you? I am good. Well, we both have been doing, I was traveling. I went back to Colorado. You went to Mexico City. We've been doing things in our lives. We've been, we have been branching out of this pandemic lifestyle, Mm -hmm. uh, which has its pros and cons, right? Like I'm negotiating other people now, Mm. like more people than just you. (laughs) Can we share a insider secret with our listeners? Yes. So this is not the secret part, but our listeners know that we're in different countries. You're in New York, which is Mm -hmm. its own country, right? And I'm in Mexico, but there may be a time within the next three-ish weeks Uh when we're actually going to be in the same room. That's going to be super fun and (laughs) super weird. first time in like (laughs) six years we're going to be in the same room. I can't wait. I'm going to Mexico, everybody. The cat's out of the bag. The cat's out of the bag. I'm going to go see Joseph. I heard you did. You heard it here first. And I might have already been to Mexico and gone by the time you hear this episode. Yes. And the reason that she's coming, you might already know this, is because my husband, who is, we had a podcast episode with him. He's doing a show called Out of the Blue, and Meredith is his creative theatrical director. So that's why she's coming. I am not in the formula at all why Mm-mm. she's coming here. But Bet you are, but you're not, but you are. Uh, I'm I hope excited. we like each other in person. Maybe oh we're, God, we're only meant to be virtual friends. I know. It's going to be weird to see you three-dimensional with legs. I don't have legs. <laughs> okay. Um, so who do we, we have? have? We do. And we have Dina Bakowitz. Fireball Bakowitz, just to be clear. And Dina and I, we met each other on that funny little audio app called Clubhouse, which was fantastic. I've met some freaking amazing humans on that app, Mm -hmm. I just have to say, all over the world. And I've also done a LinkedIn Live with her, and she is a multi-hyphenate, like the two of us, Joseph. I'm going to put her in that category. She is a comedian, and she's also a, I'm going to just call you a networking coach, because I think that is such a niche thing and super important, because it is a skill to be able to network effectively. And what she does is she leans into that comedic uh, personality of hers and all that training that she's got, and she helps her clients really be able to step into any audience. And so I am super glad to have you here. Hello, Dina. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. So I was saying something before we started recording this episode, and I want to repeat it. And that is, audience, that the reason we invited Dina is because we both had an experience of her on LinkedIn, and then Meredith had an experience of her on Clubhouse. And we both just really like you. So you're Mm -hmm. here because you are liked and loved. So just know that. That is the nicest thing to hear. And that's actually why I became a networking coach, because everybody wants to be liked and Mm. included and feel welcome. And growing up, I did not feel liked or loved, and I felt excluded and different, like so many of us creative people. 
right? And the whole thing of come join us, we want you, you're invited, is the most important thing in our in our lives, not even our work, but especially over the pandemic and being isolated, that human connection, like the fact that you two are getting together in person, you're going to love each other. Who are we kidding? Right. (laughs) And I hope you film that. Like I can see you stepping off the plane, like a reverse Casablanca moment (laughs) with a film crew, Joseph Mm. Meredith. <laughs> like, oh, it's you? Mm, <laughs> like, yes. and like some plot twist. You're not what I thought I'd be. Six years of talking to you on Zoom is such a disappointment. <laughs> we'll make sure we record that and send it to you. I promise. <laughs> I, I can yeah, see it now. Like, really? Yeah, I love, I love the comedy that you're bringing. But let us not bypass mm-hmm. how important it is to be included and acknowledged and invited. That is. That's life-changing for a lot of us, right? We all want to be validated and accepted for who we are. Whether I say whether you're a fierce fireball or a hot mess, and mm-hmm. we are all equal parts, like awesome and awful at the same time. And that is the human experience. And, and I was thinking about the title of the show and, and your themes about asking for permission or waiting for permission and I don't think we should ever have to wait for permission or ask for permission to be who we are and to be accepted for who we are. And for me growing up and even as an adult, for so many of us, we still have that issue, whether it's social anxiety or the networking or fear of rejection or fear of criticism. Yeah. You. So I'm going to ask you this mm-hmm. question, which is, I think what happens I'm just thinking about the networking events that I've been to and some of the faux pas I've made, which is I am so, so concerned about meeting the potential new client Mm -hmm. that it's really all I'm thinking about is me. So it's very egocentric. It's very ego based when I walk in the door. Right. It's like I it rather than leading with this is who I am and stabbing, I would like to say stabbing someone with my business card, which is what it kind of feels like. Um, it's, it's more about switching that conversation off of you and making it about the other person. And actually, you know, you've spoken about this before too, and please speak more into it, but it's about doing your due diligence as well. Like sometimes, you know, I would just look, Oh, there's a networking event. It doesn't look like it's a bunch of you know, network marketers, it might be my cup of tea, but I don't really actually do the research of who's going to be there and who's going to be in the room. I just show up, um, which I also think is a little bit of a faux pas too. So do you want to speak into that? Yeah. And you've touched on a couple of points. So first Mm -hmm. the attitude, right. And I say Mm -hmm. there's three, three elements to networking and probably to anything in life. One is the emotional. And that's where we really have to start with with networking because we are connecting with other humans and we carry the baggage and the insecurities and the expectations and the stereotypes and and all of that with us. So emotionally, like you said, you're walking in and you're focused on yourself, which isn't wrong. It's understandable. We all are because we feel we have a goal. We have to accomplish. We need to, we need to be liked. We need to sell our services to survive. We need to pay the rent. We need to represent an employer. So we are walking in there with this, this load and these expectations And then we forget about the other person's reaction because we're just so intent on it's not a script, right? When we go on stage, if you're whether in you're a solo show or an improv or you're reacting to other people, you may have a script and you're reacting. And in networking, I really believe we need that combination of I'm going in with a focus 
I have a strategy and a goal, and I'm also being open to being in the moment and responding and reacting as things happen. Now that touches both the emotional side of us, like, oh, I just said something stupid. I put my foot in my mouth. Oh, they're never going to like me and I'm never going to get any more business and they're going to laugh me out of this room. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to lose my home and I'm going to destroy my life because I said one thing that maybe wasn't brilliant at a network. Like, you see where I went with that? That's a lot of pressure to put on an elevator mm, pitch. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> like, oh my God, I said one thing that wasn't perfect. My life is ruined. Like, first of all, everyone else is focused on themselves. They're worried the exact same thing. So definitely having that mindset of like, A, it's okay. We're all human. No one is in a networking event or a networking meeting to try to trip you up. Like, it's not like you're stepping on stage and you're waiting for the critics to come and pan you. It's more, we're all in this together. So let's, let's at least say to ourselves, okay, yeah, we have our own things we have to worry about, but we're also here to serve or, mm -hmm. and we are also here to serve. And then intellectually, and they do play into each other, as you said, prepare do your due diligence. Who is in that room? What is your goal for that particular event? So if I walk into a room with a bunch of other coaches, for example, and my specialty is networking and branding and comedy, they may be technically my competitors or my competitive peers or potential collaborators. So I'm not walking in there thinking, oh, I'm going to sell my services to every single person in this room. I'm thinking, hey, this might be an opportunity to collaborate. Maybe I'm going to find my next panel in this room and organize an event with other coaches. So having that strategy, then you know what you want to talk about and you can present it. Like make your ask. I am looking for X, Y, Z. What's your offer? I'd like to offer ABC to you. And then the third element, so we've covered emotional, we've covered intellectual, now the practical. How do you actually follow up? So mm. scheduling tools and managing contacts, making the phone calls, putting it in your calendar and doing the thing you said you were going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something came to my mind too, which is I'm curious about. So the emotional and the intellectual, I think this fits into both, but there's that the empathy piece of it, which is finding the commonalities. And I think that's tough for people because they don't want to sound cliche, like talking about the weather or bringing up a sports team. I mean, those are all things that can we can enter in with conversation, but I know so many people struggle with that. So do you have any solution-based tips or tricks that you can share with us about like, how do we enter into those authentic conversations and find those commonalities? I love it. So my one of my personal pet peeves is talking about the weather. <laughs> Do not it's a beautiful talk day to me. here in New York. <laughs> and it's and it's raining there. Oh my God. Like I just, I'm like, I'm done with this conversation. I was in a yoga class the other day, like one of the like I just got to go back to yoga. And I know this will be in a few months, but at least here in Canada, studios are just starting to open up in person. And, and it was kind of a conflict between the, the germaphobe in me and the extrovert. Like, I want to talk to everybody, but I also want to be really safe. <laughs> but to your point, so about opening lines and ice, I call them icebreakers or hot topics. Um, what do you say? And, and the best conversation starter is simply, hello. Like, hi, nice to meet you. My name is like, go back to when you were a kid. Hi, I'm Dina. What's your name? You know? And then they're like, then you can go like, have fun with it. Right. So come here often, right? Like sleazy networking is more like, how did you hear about this event? Is this your first, is it your first time? <laughs> like, okay, that has a whole new meaning. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't want to give the wrong impression, okay? Uh, yes. Have you met some of these people at networking events? Uh, yeah, and I'm still waiting like to find a date. <laughs> I've been networking as long as I've been dating. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing on, online dating and networking are very simple, like relationships, right? It, and I use this theme all the time. Dating is like networking. Networking is like mm-hmm. dating mm-hmm. with some differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to say, can you imagine if like someone walked up to you and the first thing they said to you, you're like, oh, oh, I love you. I want to marry you. We're going to be together the rest of our lives because of this wonderful icebreaker. Right. <laughs> oh, or like, hi, my name is Dina. Nice to meet you. I'm a networking coach. Really? I want to hire you and like set you up for life and give you a mm. million bazillion mm-hmm. dollars and put you in your own show because you just said the one thing that like that's the pressure that we put on that one opening statement. It's too much pressure for one little line. It's mm. it, it, trust me, I'm little. Like too much pressure. It's really about okay. Like, it's like what do you say after you say hello? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to leave now. I might make a mistake. This is what we worry about. But mm. to your point, I will digress. I will come back. Yay, ADHD. A thousand things going on in our head at the same time. Beautiful. <laughs> But I I see, I know the through line for all of them. The artist in me is like, I know what the through line is. I just have to explain it to the rest of you. They're like, where is she going with this? Is it a plot twist? Is it a red herring? I don't know. (laughs) But she's definitely left me wanting more. (laughs) So, hey, here's a good trick for network. Always leave him wanting more. Shut up, Tia. Stop for a minute. No, (laughs) you... Let the other person get a word in edgewise. Okay, audience, I am raising my hand because I love all of this and I need to back up the bus a little bit uh-huh. because how you started Dina was teaching us and coaching us about the emotional component and all of the baggage that we're walking into networking meetings with or not mm-hmm. not not everybody is but some of us are that in itself that emotional component mm. can be so freaking traumatizing, right? Mm -hmm. Because there may be people walk into a networking meeting with the thought of not, I'm going to trip this up or, oh my gosh, my armpits are smelly, but I have to connect to somebody tonight or I'm not going to make my goal. I'm not going to make my mortgage, right? Like there's some desperation. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if we could just back up to the emotional Mm -hmm. component and what can you share with our listeners when they're kind of a little freaked out? pre and post COVID walking into a networking meeting and they don't have you holding their hand, guiding them. What can you share with them so that they can feel more comfortable? Well, they could have me holding their hand, guiding them. I am a professional wing woman. I've in, in the before times, I mean, I would go to conferences with my clients and work the room with them, but you can still carry me on your shoulder or in your head with you. And, and what to do is first of all, set that mindset of, it doesn't have to be perfect. One sentence, one icebreaker is not, the icebreaker will not make or break your career. It's a beginning, it's a start. And I, I mean, there's cliches like a journey, whatever, a really long ass journey starts with a single step. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I don't know, is there a cab I could get, you know, or a private plane? But there are no, there aren't really any shortcuts in networking. So you have to do one step at a time, one conversation. Ooh, here's a new phrase, one conversation at a time. So to ta- it's not realistic. And this is something I've said many times during the before times and now. Do not expect to land a client in a five minute conversation on Zoom, at a cocktail party, at a one on one. 
don't go. I, I don't go to blind dates expecting a marriage proposal in that moment. And if I did, I'd be it would be very suspect. Right. So realistic expectations. You walk in, you have a conversation. Is there chemistry? What do you have in common? What is different about you? I love learning about differences. I love meeting different people. It's a new perspective. I mean, if you put 20 extroverts in a room, well, that room will never shut down. We also need some introverts around for us to like help and calm down and take a break and have levels, right? Like in any good presentation or, or show, you want levels. So go in there with the expectation that you're going to meet some interesting people. You might meet some boring people. You might meet some not nice people. That's okay. Whatever happens, it's okay get your butt onto that Zoom call or into that room and just start doing it. Take the pressure off. Take that massive expectation of, I got to land a client. I got to land a husband. I got to, you know, get my TED talk out of this 20 minute breakout room. You'll learn, you'll meet people, you'll follow up with them. Hmm. And then to go back to your point of what to talk about, I mean, does anyone ever really remember the opening line? Is that what did it? Like you had me at, hello, my name is come here often. <laughs> so like really like just the first thing you say is just the first thing you say. Then there's the second thing and the third thing and they answer back and you get to know each other and you figure out, do we want to have a second date, a second conversation, a second meeting? Is there a reason to follow up? What is that reason? And what's the call to action? Mm, I think you're giving us a lot of really amazing, beautiful nuggets. And I really have, I'm appreciating this. And since Joseph backed up, backed up, I'm going to back up, back up, back up. Uh, <laughs> and where I would like to take us is back to the very beginning. When you started to talk about when you were growing up and feeling left out. And I'm curious about that piece that has given you this, this path that you are now on. What is the decision that you made to move you forward, to step into the feet? Because it sounds like you've stepped into a lot of fears and have overcome them to get to where you are now to help other people overcome their fears. So can you talk a little bit into that? Sure. I mean, for me, the biggest fear is being alone which is ironic because I've been alone for the past year. <laughs> so it's kind of come full circle in some ways, but, you know, gr growing up and we've, we've all been through this and I, you know, we look at it now from the lens of a grown up and kind of seeing, okay, maybe how I interpreted things back then, maybe it was my perception. It wasn't reality. And even now as adults, we can say, oh, my perception was that people thought X, Y, Z of me, or I came across as, or I'm not reaching, like whatever our perceptions are, they may or may not be reality. Um, but, but for me, not feeling included, not finding my people, feeling like I had to fit in, feeling like I had to be just like everybody else, the same height and the same weight and think the same way and, feel the same way. I never was like anybody else. And none of us are, quite frankly, we're all truly unique. But growing up in an environment where it was fairly insular, and there was a right way and a wrong way to be, and I was not the right way, at least in my memory, um, that made me, I think, reinforced for me, I want to be with people, I want to be with my kind of people, and my kind of people are people who are different. Mm. And that's actually everybody, right? We are all different. Um, but kind of owning that and, and not 
letting other people define where I did or didn't fit in. And then I just started breaking down doors. I mean, for me, moving to New York was pivotal. It was a turning point because I got to come into my own in New York City because New York City is filled with innovative, creative, original, unique people. Mm-hmm. And I would just walk into any room I wanted to and think, wow, there are some really cool people here I get to talk to and meet. And maybe I belong and maybe I don't, but I'm going to figure it out by just going and doing and and learning from others. And, and so I made it a conscious effort to surround myself with people who were way more confident than I was and looked at least to me like they had their shit together. Women in finance and banking and pinstripe suits who talked about money and it's like, you don't let anyone, <laughs> you know, push you around and you negotiate mm-hmm. for what you're worth. I'm like, you can do that. <laughs> and now I'm the one saying like, don't you dare apologize for taking up space. You belong here just like everybody else and speak up and speak out loud and tell me your first name. I, like I'm the one kind of lecturing people now, but it's more of that push of take up space, mm-hmm. go wherever the heck you want to go. If you don't fit in either because you don't feel like you fit in or someone else says you don't fit in, well, go somewhere else. Um, but just, just go and do and meet and, and find those activities that bring you confidence. So for me, figuring out what my strengths were, organizing, bringing other people together mm. is where mm-hmm. I took that story of being alone. I was like, nobody puts baby in the corner alone on my dance floor, at my conference, at my networking event or at my birthday party. And I tell my stories to encourage other people and to say, come join us. You know, um, I went through this. You don't have to, or here's what I learned. And we will all go through it to a certain extent, but find the people, the activities and the places where you do feel like you belong and where you feel confident and where you feel like you have a voice and do more of that. Mm. Yes. I appreciate all yes. of that. And mm-hmm. for some of our listeners, Dina, thank you for all that brilliance. And for some of our listeners, they may have a story that Mm. they tried it two or three or six times. They tried to go into a room. They tried to find their tribe, if you're okay with that word. They Mm -hmm. tried to find where they are welcome and where they fit in. And they're like sitting at home now thinking, I don't fit in anywhere. I tried two or three, five times and it didn't work. What do you say to that listener? Everybody fits in somewhere. You know, sometimes you do have to try more than once, more than twice, more than five times. You may have to rethink your strategy and and really be honest with yourself about what was your strategy? How did you handle that event? I mean, I remember somebody said to me, well, I I went and nobody talked to me and I talked to one person who tried to sell me their services and I left. And I thought, well, you're there also trying to sell your services. Give that person a little bit more credit. Um, but I think it, it's approach. You know what? Get feedback from other people. Like maybe there is, there, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. Get a buddy, uh, you know, hire a coach. I'd love to, I obviously would love to work yes, with anyone yes. who's struggling. But beyond that, it, it might be time to do a, a deep dive and, and more introspection or more strategy about which rooms are you going into? Why are you going there? Who else is in there? As Meredith said, do the research ahead of time. Here's a really great trick. And it's not a trick. It's like a total life hack, networking hack. Reach out to people before you go. Reach out to many people. So when you walk into that room, whether it's in person or on Zoom, you will have already had 
an email, a LinkedIn conversation, an actual phone call. So it's not walking into a room full of strangers anymore. You're walking into people who know you. And Mm -hmm. if you're an introvert, for introverts in particular, buddy up with an extrovert. I I mean, I joke, I'm an extrovert. I'm like an emotional support animal for introverts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a chihuahua of networking. (laughs) I love it. One of my clients was telling me yesterday, actually, that Bill Clinton mastered networking, that he would actually... When there was a there was one function in particular, a story that she shared, he did all he made sure that he knew every single person that was going to be there. He looked up every single person and he found out commonalities for each one of those people that he had with them. And so this one gentleman whose name escapes me right now, because the story has only been told to me once, uh, walked in the door and Bill Clinton from across the room said, hey, Scott, I mean, let's just call him Scott. Scott, okay. come over here. And he goes, I just found out that you were raised by a single mom. I was also raised by a single mom. And then there they made this connection. And I guess he was really brilliant at that, like really good at knowing who was in the room and finding that commonality bridge. So I I just wanted to share that little story that was shared with me yesterday, just about something that was done before the event, because I love that. Then you actually bring up an excellent point, and this would be a a really great tip for anybody, introvert, extrovert, whatever situation you're in, think about how you can serve others in that situation. Mm. Take the pressure off yourself. And I guarantee that even if you're scared, even if you're nervous, if you walk up to the other person who's standing by themselves in a corner, or if there's three people in a breakout room and no one's talking, if you're the first one to break the ice and introduce yourself, everyone else will be so grateful to you. You will have made the best first impression by being the brave one. And by like giving someone else the chance to not be alone, Um, because being lonely, right, being by ourselves really is it's it's more painful than than almost anything I can think of, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. Um, more than physical pain is that psychic pain. So if you think about how you can serve others and it doesn't mean you have to land someone a client or like find some obscure reference. But just, oh, Meredith, um, I know you have a podcast. And I just met Joseph a few minutes ago, and he also has a podcast. And, you know, you're both artists and multi-hyphenates. You might enjoy talking. Let me connect you and actually physically bring you to each other or send that intro email or set up a call where we're all on it together. Like, you can take it beyond the intro email and set something up like this. It's, it's um it's a facilitated introduction and it makes you shine like a superstar and everyone else feels awesome. And now you're a whole group of people and no one's alone anymore. And that's the oh, best thing of all. I love that. That could be just like your objective. Like my, my intention for this networking event is I'm going to play matchmaker. Yes. Yes. That's all yes. I'm going to do. The whole night is play matchmaker. Oh, that would be super fun. And then it gives you a focus, right? Rather than like, mm. hi, my name is Meredith and here's my pitch and here's my card to tell me about you, <laughs> right? All right, and, and I would do that at events where I just start introducing, like it didn't matter. I, I didn't that. need to know the industry. I just meet people and start, I would find those connections instantly. And someone says to me, wow, like you're amazing. What do you do for a living? I said, this, this is what I do for a living. I connect people. They're like, wow, <laughs> can I have your card? And then they asked for my card. I hadn't even given anyone my card at that point. So if you Love make it. that impression, show, don't tell, be of service, help others. That's more important than your pitch. I want to know that you're a good person. I can learn what you do and what you're selling and what you need at another time. But if your first impression is of someone who's helpful and genuinely cares, 
about connecting and learning about other people and helping other people connect. That's all I need to know about you to start. Wow. Mm. Mm. It has been such a joy speaking with you. How can our listeners find you and connect with you and hire you and tap into your brilliance even more deeply? Well, they can, they can absolutely find me because I'm an extrovert. I love to connect. <laughs> I was like, please stalk me, find me, follow me, reach out, reach out and touch. <laughs> Bring me home. <laughs> Whatever, planes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, thank you for asking because I've been through many podcasts where I've completely forgotten to give my contact information. <laughs> For a networking coach, Dina at fireballnetwork.com. It's D E E N A at fireballnetwork.com. Uh, by the time this airs, I will also have my new website, fireballdina.com, which is my creative website. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse uh, at fireballdina, and on LinkedIn as Dina Bakowitz. And I would truly love to connect with your listeners. So my recommendation to our listeners is now that you've had a podcast with three artists, extroverts, you need to go take a nap. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Just go tend to yourself. Go get some tea. We should have a warning on this podcast. like a warm-up for me (laughs) this is like doing the bar work and now we go into center work (laughs) i love it oh my goodness just stretched out and ready for the high kicks now i will i'll meet you i'll meet you at the dance club okay yes (laughs) all right yes (laughs) thank you thank you listeners you have been listening to dina fireball and please connect with her because i know that each of us Absolutely. What Tina said, we all have places to improve and networking meetings are happening again post pandemic. And it wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to walk in with confidence and security and service and authenticity. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And that is freaking possible for you and for each of us. Yes. And I just want to add one more thing to that, Joseph, which it is a okay to not feel comfortable. That's actually the good place. Yeah. All right. You are amazing, Dina. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. And goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for listening. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grandi of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week. Bye. Bye.